We brought you damn good beer, and now we're delivering to you damn good beef. So damn good that you can now get your Wagyu beef at the DNVR bar. That's right. Hassle Cattle Company is now right there on the corner of Colfax in New York at the DNVR bar. We couldn't resist putting Hassle Cattle Company beef in the bar, so now you can all come down and build your own delicious Wagyu beef burgers. Add all the toppings you want while enjoying your watch parties and hanging out with us on a random Tuesday evening. And now you can do it with the finest beef around, Hassle Cattle. Hassle is hooking you up with 10% off your entire purchase. So just use code DNVR10 at checkout. That's HassleCattleCompany.com. That's DNVR10 to save 10% every time. That's your first pitch. Now let's play ball. Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast brought to you by Strava Craft Coffee. Remember, Strava CBD Coffee helps you start your day feeling your best. It's now caffeine-free. It comes decaf varieties as well where you can get your CBD and CBG in order to improve the quality of your morning or afternoon if you're like me. And now you can get 25% off your first purchase when you use code DNVR25. I am your host, Patrick Lyons, and on today's DNVR Rockies podcast. I've got quite the hodgepodge of topics to go through. So many that I have written down in my notes that I'm not sure that I'm going to be able to get to all of them. Uh, First and foremost, I'm going to look at Rockies arbitration figures that just recently came out. These projections done so by MLB trade rumors. They're by no means the be all end all and the exact numbers these players are going to get, but they're a really great starting point for looking at how the Rockies are going to go about the rest of their offseason and where some of that money is going to go. We'll look around the NL West. Of course, we've got Giants and Dodgers still playing right now in the NLDS. There's some comments made by Rob Manfred, the commissioner of MLB, that are quite interesting. We can remember a little bit more of Rocktober from 2007-2009, and we can get some updates on the 2021 MLB playoffs. Uh, we'll see how much we can get packed in here. We really will. Uh, So I'll I'll do my best to try to cover all those topics and leading off Colorado Rockies arbitration figures, as I said, were released by MLB trade rumors and uh, they do a fantastic job over there. And those figures, if all of the players that are listed at this point, there's a list of about 13 that will bring the Rockies payroll to a projected $99 million dollars. Of course, that includes a bit of a pay raise for Antonio Senzatella, who I had projected at making about $5 million in his second year of arbitration. Alas, he's going to get seven and a half for this year and next year. 
Uh, CJ Crone is going to be back at seven and a quarter million dollars. And for anyone who doesn't know, should slow it down uh, and give you somewhat of a of a short explainer. We've got great Rockies fans here, great baseball fans in this region. But for anyone who doesn't know, arbitration is a, a process where, if it goes this far, a a team and a player have to sit in a room together. It's not fun, and they have to decide how much that player is worth. Now, this process only happens for players who have more than three years of service time and less than six years of service time. So typically we think a player who comes up on opening day, he has six years with his team. And after that, those six years, he becomes a free agent. In many cases, players will debut and uh, because of various promotions to the minors or rather promotions to the majors demotions and options to the minor leagues, they might start one season with five years plus, meaning they don't have six years, so they're not going to be a free agent. They might be five years and you know 150 games played. Well, guess what? You still have one more year of club control where the, the, you're, you're still a member of that team and the team uh, still gets to retain your services. So after the three years you get to have arbitration where now you're no longer making the league minimum. You're making more than that $550,000 figure. There are certain exceptions where players, if they are in the top 22 percentile of their, of their group, they're called super twos, right? Cause they've got two years and 130 some days. And the, the, the figure does change from year to year, but they have less than three years, but they're on the high end of two right? They didn't get called up until the second week of the season. Well, that's pretty darn close. If you're playing from April 14th all the way through September to the beginning of October, well, that's pretty much an entire year. So uh, the Players Association did a good job of making sure, you know, they caught these special exceptions, if you will. It's one of the reasons why you see teams when they have these super prospects that they know are ready and they know they're going to contribute to the team that season. They'll actually keep that player down for three weeks, maybe even a month, because they want to make sure that they get to keep that player services for one extra year. You get basically six plus seasons of that player rather than exactly six. So it's not a a great looking business decision when you hold a player down in that capacity. It's something the Rockies haven't really done, but Nevertheless, that's that's how you get to arbitration. And Daniel Bard's in his final year of arbitration, which means he's in his final year of club control before he then becomes a free agent, which he's gonna he would he will do so at a, a much older age than we're typically used to seeing. He is slated to get projected four point eight million dollars after the way that he played in the second half of the season. Kind of figured some things out a little bit in lower leverage situations late in the year in September. You feel a little bit better about him being able to contribute to this team. But one of the things you got to keep in mind for small market clubs like the Rockies, they've parted ways with players before they've become free agents in a natural capacity. Of course, last offseason, we were a little surprised to see David Dahl on that list. He wasn't making a lot of money, but he was making more money than Jonathan Daza. He was making about $2 million. He was going to make about $2 million more than Daza. So you go, that's $2 million I can either put in my pocket, reinvest somewhere else in the organization, or go out and use and free agency. 
And so those are some of the, the, the decisions that you have to make. Of course, $2 million can blow away in the breeze when you're dealing with free agents where you have to bump up five, maybe $10 million, maybe give an extra year of, of, uh, of contract to a player in free agency since you're going against other teams, right? You're competing in that capacity. And so teams will nickel and dime a little bit in, uh, in, in arbitration. So Bard could be one of those players that's on the cusp and it wouldn't be totally shocking if, you know, if he wasn't offered arbitration and then was set free to become a free agent, he's still eligible uh, and able to, to come back into the fold and, and sign maybe a minor league deal with the team. Uh, but nevertheless, he would more, most, more likely move on somewhere else and sign a one-year deal for something close to that $4.8 million figure. Carlos Estevez is another player in his final year of arbitration before he becomes a free agent, he's projected to make about $3.2 million. I think that's a very fair and reasonable price, you know, did a very serviceable job in the back end uh, of the, of the bullpen and, and served as the closer. So I think all things considered, that's a, that's a good number. Elias Diaz, $2.6 million, absolute bargain. There's no worry about him. He is in his final year before going into free agency. And so this is one of those off-season conversations that I've had to engage in a lot in the past and say, look, if the Rockies are not going to be contending in 2022, and if the Rockies themselves don't believe they're going to be contending in 2022, and they do feel strongly that they're going to contend in 24 or 25, whatever it may be, it would behoove them it would benefit them to possibly trade while the stock is high on an Elias Diaz. I don't think they will do that. Um, honestly, I don't really think they should do that. But those are some of the decisions that other organizations make. And I think it's important to understand that, uh, especially when you get frustrated uh, by the team, by the front office, with moves they might make or may not make. Uh, a little bit of inactivity, and that's one way you can be a little bit more active or proactive is trading when when the stock of a player is high and when, frankly, you know that those contributions from that player, no matter how good they might be, they are not going to make the difference in going to the postseason. And you can make that case with Elias Diaz. Uh, but I do think they'll keep him back just because the way he's able to handle that starting rotation, you know, you'd have to go out and find a veteran catcher elsewhere out there on the market. There are not a lot of really good options. All of the options are probably going to make more than the 2.6 that Diaz is slated to make here in arbitration. To go through it uh, a little bit quicker, Robert Stevenson, $1.1 million. That's a no-brainer right there. That's fine. Rio Ruiz is at $1.1 million, his first time through arbitration. He could be a player that is on the chopping block to make room for somebody a little bit cheaper on the 40-man. He was not used very much last season, just came off the bench quite a lot. Uh, it was very rare that he was starting. It was almost about once a week, uh, if not slightly less than that. So uh, that $1.1 million is not a lot to an organization that's going to easily get over that $100 million threshold. But again, that's half a million dollars more than you're going to get from a prospect or a player that is only one or two years in the major leagues. Garrett Hampson set for a raise at about $1.8 million. I was a little surprised uh, at how high this projection took him at. Uh, but again, these projection systems 
take into consideration other players with similar skills and abilities. And so for that reason, you know, stolen bases are a very valued commodity. It's a hot commodity, you might even say, because it's very rare to have that skill. And Hampson has that skill set, and those guys do get paid early on for that. Tyler Kinley's at $1 million, Yency Almonte, $700,000, and Peter Lambert, believe it or not, although he's only played in one season that you can really remember before this year, in 2019, you got to remember in all of 2020, he was on the 40-man roster. He was on the 60-day IL, and although he didn't contribute to the team on the field, that does count as service time. I mentioned that a few days ago with Julian Fernandez. He already has two years of service time, so uh, there's a chance that next offseason you could see him start getting uh, somewhat of a raise. Not too much because your arbitration figure deals entirely with your production in the past and your production based on other players of similar abilities. And so although Julian Fernandez only recently got made his debut in the majors here in September as one of the call-ups, he hasn't, he hasn't played very much. So there's not a lot of numbers and statistics to look at to say, look how great he's been for the last three years because he's only played less than a month. Some of the other figures, uh, Kyle Freeland, he is looking to make at about a projected $7 million. He would be the highest paid player that's arbitration eligible. Freeland was, of course, a, a Super 2 player. If you remember, started the season on the opening day roster in 2017, was fantastic. Then as a rookie, even better in 2018. And then, even, and then in 2019, of course, did get sent back to the minors, but still had enough time to be in that 22 uh, percent range, right? The top 22%. So he was just short of three years, uh, which, which gave the Rockies another year of control, but it still allowed him to go through the arbitration process last year, naturally, or I should say in 2020 and uh, naturally. So Kyle Freeland's in his third year of arbitration. He's one of the special few that will go to arbitration a fourth year next year, $7 million. Again, it's the highest figure of all the Rockies. Nothing to worry about there though. Now we've got uh, next up on the list would be Ryan McMahon, second highest. He's at $5.5 million. No problem there. McMahon is going to be a free agent, much like Freeland, much like Ryan Maltapia, at the end of the 2023 season. And I know we just got done with 2021, and 2023 feels like a very long ways away, but you got to remember this. On opening day next year, even on January 1st of next year, Freeland, McMahon, and Tapia will all be thinking, you know, I'm going to free agent next year. Not this year in 2022, but next year or after next season. So that's really close. That is really close. So if the Rockies are going to do something and lock these players up, they, they need to move yesterday. We've, we've talked about this for the last two years these young guys locking them up if they really feel that they're going to be uh, an integral part of the organization going forward. The longer you wait, the higher the price goes up because the players are that much closer to arbitration and getting less guaranteed money going forward. Because that's the other piece of this. Arbitration is not guaranteed money. You can just walk away from the table with Daniel Bard and his 4.8 projected uh, annual salary for next year. And that's it. You don't have to pay anything because you didn't agree to a deal with this player. It's not guaranteed. 
So if, if Bard gets injured in the offseason, he might not get paid anything next year, and the Rockies aren't on the hook for anything. But if a player like Antonio Sinzatella, who just signed an extension, five-year, $50 million deal, that is guaranteed money. So if Antonio Sinzatella gets hurt this offseason, he will get paid $7.5 million, unless it's something egregious and you know, he, he, he was acting in, in malice of some sort or uh, he did something he was not supposed to be doing. And the Rockies are going to say, actually, you know what? We're not necessarily going to be paying anything of this out. That's a, that's a complete rarity, and that, that would be an exception I'd be shocked by. So you don't necessarily need to be thinking about that. I should apologize for even putting that, that thought in your head. But that's how this arbitration business works. So McMahon, Tapia, Freeland, you got to be thinking about locking them up. It's, it's a little late for that, but it's still possible because we saw it with Senzatella. Bart, of course, third highest in projected arbitration. And then that finally leaves number four on that list. Rymel Tapia, $3.9 million. And again, that's not a ton of money for $4 million in free agency. There's not a lot of players that you could really target that could give you the same contributions as Tapia. You might be able to find one or two, but you're going to be, you might be waiting a while in free agency for all the other bigger pieces to move. And plus Tapia, if, if you still believe in him and if the organization still believes in him, which I, I believe they do, you also have him controlled for next year at, at what would be, you know, probably a slight raise from that. It might end up being five, five and a half before he goes into free agency. But Tapia is on that list with, Bard and I would say Ruiz, where they might not get offered a contract, or the team might turn around to try to trade this player because they know, well, you know what? Figure is a little bit too hot. We want to step away from it. And instead of getting nothing, like in the David Dahl instance, you could actually find a team that would be overjoyed to pay Ryan Altapia $3.9 million this year and then even more. Next year, they might even want to lock him up to a longer term deal. So he's someone who's on the cusp along with Bard and Rio Ruiz. So we'll have to wait and see what happens with the Rockies if they want to go to arbitration. Now, a lot of times the player and the team will come together on a figure and they'll say, yeah, no, we're, we're, on, we're in the same general ballpark. And that's when you see in the offseason in November – hey, Carlos Estevez signed a $3.1 million contract. And you think, wait, was he a free agent? No, he. it just became official that, that was his, that's his price. That, that's the contract that he's getting for this year. But if the two parties are very far apart, like Tony Walters was a few years ago, and, and some of that just had to do with you know, his agents were really putting a lot of value uh, and a premium on his defense. They were trying to move the market, I think, for all catchers going forward. They came in at a much higher price than the Rockies, and it was far enough where even if you met in the middle, it was still more than the Rockies were comfortable with paying him. And so they went to arbitration, and I'm not going to get into all the details of that process, but basically you have three people who don't know anything about baseball, and that's kind of the point. Each side makes their case, and then they go back and forth one more time and say, here's why my client is worth this figure. And the team says, here's why we think he is only worth this much and that's a gross is the only word i can think to describe it but that's a difficult process 
to say the least. And so most teams and most players, they don't want to do that. They don't want to get in that room because there are going to be some things that are said that you're not going to be able to forget, might hurt a little bit. And it's, it's, it's not pretty. It's not fun. It's, it's not anything like the Broncos and Raiders game coming up this Sunday where you can join our fantastic tailgate party members. It's all you can eat sexy pizza and Breckenridge beer with the DNVR Broncos family for just $20. It's on 18th and federal right next to the stadium where you can hang out with us. It's going to be a fantastic time. And guess what? For a limited time only, if you don't want to park at the stadium and deal with the traffic, we've got a really good deal for you. Members, it's only $30 where you can book a spot on the party bus. We're at 10 a.m. Come on down, hang out at the bar. We're going to open up early for you. And then at about 11 a.m., we're going to go down to the stadium. You can do more tailgating there. We'll bring you back to the bar. We've got the Sunday ticket, all the package, all the games you could possibly want. And again, we're going to take care of you real nice. It's, a, it's going to be a good time. Members, it's it's $30. That's it. And guess what? If you're not a member, we're going to try to convert you a little bit. And it, it will be $35 for you. But members, it's only going to be $30 hanging out at the Broncos tailgate with all you can eat sexy pizza and Breckenridge beer. And that's because, of course, Breck is our official beer, but they're also our official seltzer. Yeah, Breckenridge Brewery and their good company, Hard Seltzer, is now available at the DNVR bar in the corner of Colfax in York. We're able to keep it in stock just barely, but we never run out. We always make sure we have more than enough, and you can make sure you've got enough by going to your local King Supers, your Costco, just about anywhere to pick up one of those awesome 15-can samplers. It'll keep you stocked, locked, and loaded. For everything you need with Breckenridge Breweries, good company, heart seltzer, an easy choice for a great company. And as I said, we've got the sexy pizza there. What is sexy pizza, you ask? Well, you know, they've been in the Denver community for 13 years. It's a pizzeria. It's a pizzeria. Uh, and sexy pizza is as local as it gets. They've got hand-tossed deck oven pizza made with from scratch each morning dough. It's delicious. You can choose your own toppings got a wide variety and they've got their signature philanthropies and this is for those of you that like giving back a little bit out there the cool thing with the philanthropies is that a portion of every sale from these five specialty pies is actually donated to a range of different nonprofits right here in colorado so if you're looking to get sexy pizza to support your organization or event they can help you out go to www.sexy.pizza and check out their about page for donations link and to see how Sexy Pizza can support your cause. They've got four Denver locations on Cap Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, and Park Hill. And they've got one coming down in Trinidad. They're breaking out of the mold. They're doing that thing much like Illegal Pete's where, hey, they're, they're getting bigger because of your support. And we love supporting the local business because, frankly, we are a local business. So thank you for supporting all of our partners. Now, NL West got the big matchup going on with Giants and Dodgers. Right now, as I record this, it does look like the Dodgers are going to pull away with this one, but it's the seventh inning, so you can figure out the timestamp right there. They're up 5-1 in game four. Should the Dodgers win, it will go back to San Francisco. That will be fantastic. There's going to be no baseball on, on Wednesday night. Uh, on the day that you're you're most likely listening to that, Julio Urias will go for LA. Should it go to Game Five? 
the interesting thing is the run differential going into Tuesday night's game is in favor of the Dodgers, 9-7. to seven. But uh, as you know, the run differential isn't how we decide whether or not you're a good or bad team or whether or not you go to the postseason. It's about wins and losses, and that win differential is 2-1 in favor of San Francisco. So we'll see how that ends up Tuesday night if we're going to get a Game 5. We've got the Padres. What's going on with them? You heard it in yesterday's podcast talking with Drew Goodman. They're looking for a new manager after Jace Tingler was let go at the end of the season, was cited as really not being assertive enough in certain situations, and the Padres are looking to seek a manager you know, with you know, good rapport with players, that's going to command a lot of respect from the get-go. And that's, so that's one of the reasons why Ron Washington's at the top of that list. Goody said Walt Weiss might be in the running for it. Aaron Boone, manager of the Yankees, probably won't be in the running for it because Yankees owner Hal Steinbrenner uh, has come out and said that Aaron Boone will probably be back. It's an interesting vote of confidence, to say the least. But uh, Kevin Acey, one of the the great Padres beat reporters for the San Diego Union-Tribune, said that uh, recently ousted Mets manager Luis Rojas could get a consideration. I've heard a lot of people compare Luis Rojas with a Terry Francona type of manager, a guy who you know, was with the Phillies for a short amount of time in the late 90s. I, I actually saw Terry Francona as a manager. You know, loved what he was able to do with a, with a young and not terribly talented Phillies team that after they had gone to the World Series in 93, things, you know, somewhat quickly fell apart for them. But Francona did a good job there. Then he was let go and he became the Terry Francona. We know him to be today, right? Uh, taking Boston to a couple World Series, doing an amazing job with the Cleveland organization, soon to be Cleveland Guardians. I'm going to like saying that. Uh, so Luis Rojas, you know, could be one of those young up and coming managers. Uh, fun fact, his father is Felipe Alou. Yes. So his brother is Moise Salou. Small world. But uh, Jeff Bannister, uh, he was also a former Rangers manager. He got let go a couple seasons ago. Those are a couple other names bouncing around. And he maybe even more interesting is a guy like Buck Showalter, who has revitalized a lot of teams. He did it with the Yankees before they started going to the World Series every single year. He was their manager uh, back in 95 before Joe Torre took over. He uh, you know, he also was at the helm when the Diamondbacks, just before the Diamond, actually he took the Diamondbacks to the World Series. You also had the, uh, he was manager with uh, the Rangers before, coincidentally, Ron Washington became the manager, and they went to back-to-back World Series. And then more recently with Baltimore, and uh, they unfortunately started going downhill big time uh, once he left the fray. But Bruce Bochy is another name that has some connections within the organization. You know, he did retire after the 2019 season. He's got the itch, so he might be a guy that we could see back on the field and maybe as the next manager of the San Diego Padres. So conversely, uh, the Diamondbacks, uh, rather, they've, they've done the exact same thing. They, they got rid of uh, several of their coaches. Uh, Tori Lavulo was uh, brought back on a one-year extension, but out as the pitching coach is Matt Hurgis. And in fact, if you go back and listen to an episode we recorded a few weeks ago at the end of the season with the dudes over at PHNX D-backs, make sure you give them a follow if you're curious about what else is happening in the NL West. 
they talked about Matt Hurd just having some issues on that staff and they just didn't really like him very much, but they loved Mike Fetters and well, Mike Fetters, the bullpen coach will most likely be sticking around, um, not as the bullpen coach, but as the, the pitching coach, he's, he'll, he'll get a bit of an upgrade, uh, in, in both title and, and in pay, uh, bench coach, uh, was reassigned and the catching coach, Robbie Hammock will not be returning for them. And so this is all after parting with hitting coaches back in June. So a lot of stuff happening in the NL West as we wait for the World Series to get going and, and to get over. And I'm not waiting in any kind of bad way, but you know the offseason doesn't begin until the World Series ends. And the postseason has been exciting so far. Rob Manfred you know, has uh, some recent comments came out basically saying that you know he expects MLB to really explore certain venues and certain locations and cities in which baseball hasn't uh, been played before. Rather, Major League Baseball hasn't been played before. We know about the great success of the Field of Dreams game this past year. We know there was the London series back in 2019 between the Yankees and Red Sox, two games there. Also, uh, Fort Bragg has, has seen... Uh, a game a few years ago down in North Carolina. We know the Little League Classic goes on in Williamsport every year now. And so baseball is going to look to do a lot more of these marquee events. And they absolutely should. Uh, I'm all in support of that. I, I took part in an article a couple years ago that I'll actually link to this podcast. So whether you listen to it on the dnvr.com and you're a subscriber or whether you're just getting this on, you know, Apple or Stitcher, whatever it may be, on the episode in the description, you'll actually see a link for that article. And that's something I'm going to be doing a lot more. If I reference an article or um, I, I discuss something with a guest, uh, I'll have their links there again to kind of share with with you guys, share with the audience a little bit more some of those resources and and as we like to say in the wrestling industry, put over the guests and make them look good and, and have their stuff do really well and, and get some more clicks. So I will link with that article. Some of the locations uh, I can remember suggesting is Alaska. Now there's the Alaskan summer league, which is a summer collegiate league where a lot of great players have gone to play. It used to be one of the more premier leagues. Now, of course, Cape Cod in Massachusetts is one of the you know most premier leagues that players that are sophomores or juniors will go and play just before they become draft eligible the next year. Scott Oberg played um, in the Cape Cod League. So many other college players have done that. And Alaska's got a really good and competitive league. In fact, uh, right here in our backyard, the, the Boulder Collegians scheduled a trip this past summer, and they went up and played some of those teams uh, in Alaska believe it or not, this past summer. And they do a real cool thing. I think it's about June 21st every year. It's basically on summer solstice. Up in Alaska, the sun doesn't go down on the summer solstice, the longest day of the year. And so they play games starting at about 10 o'clock at night without any lights because the sun's still out. And this could be something that MLB gets in on. Now, granted, 10 p.m. Uh, in Alaska on the East Coast has got to be, you know, roughly 3 a.m. in the morning, something like that. So that's not really going to be that great uh, for viewership, but it's something that's outside the box. I'm sure they can get creative in certain capacities. I mean, shoot, maybe they even have the game 
at 6 a.m. Alaska time uh, so that the games are on early on the East Coast. I'm not really sure of the details, but that's a, that's a great location where you could have a game like that, right? Um, going back to Puerto Rico, which they've done before, games in Mexico. Um, you certainly, you know, there's there's large Air Force bases in Germany where there's a lot of baseball fans. In fact, we know there are some subscribers out there right now that are listening to this from Germany. And there's a passionate, uh, albeit maybe small, baseball community out there. And guess what? Let's Let's bring more games to Europe. So there's a lot of different opportunities that are out there for MLB. We know there's 140 minor league teams. Some of them are close to big league teams. Some of them aren't. Let's see some baseball in those places that have yet to see a major league game. So uh, this is one of the few times I would say uh, I'm happy, very happy with uh, the comments made by our commissioner. He might not be the people's commissioner, but he is our commissioner, Rob Manfred, discussing games being held outside the typical 30 big league cities. That, it puts a smile on my face. Uh, much like the folks at Green Mountain Dental Group who do that every day for smiling Colorado sports fans, especially those of our listeners who've actually switched over to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. We've had some of our family here at DNVR have their wisdom teeth removed, and Green Mountain Dental was fantastic. Checked on them every day, made sure the medication was right. They make sure they get the people part of the business right because they care that's why they're the best damn family owned dentist in the metro area and they want to give you a free sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam they will give you one a free sonicare toothbrush it's what i use so green mountain dental group it's only 15 minutes from downtown denver but guess what they are a million times better than the rest and we're talking about the best you're talking about DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl They've got a week six offer every football fan should jump on. New customers can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's it. One point. 1943 was the last year it was a 0-0 tie. Yes. It's a no-brainer. Only one of the teams even has to score. Even a safety. You're going to make bank. That's the whole point. It's a no-brainer. It's a lock. DraftKings customers can get skin in the game with the new same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, guess what? The more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and most importantly, reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR. Bet just $1 on any NFL game to win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code DNVR this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And don't forget my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week. From Monday was Broncos getting three and a half against the Raiders. Right now it pays plus 100. But if you moved on that on Monday, back when I first put it out there, it would have been much higher as the Raiders are going through a bit of uh, drama right now. If you hadn't heard, uh, of course, I didn't know any of that was going to be coming. But nevertheless, 
I think I got this one. It's a lock. Broncos getting three and a half against the Raiders at home in a must-win game for both teams, one of which is going through a lot, and it ain't the Broncos. So that's a lock. Go ahead and and put that one in. Another team that's uh, going through it in a real positive way. It's the Colorado rugby team. They've rebranded again, but guess what? This time, their name is here to say stay. It's the American Raptors. Now, this rugby club is composed of crossover athletes who just ended their season at 5-5. Five and five. American Raptors are really interesting because it's got all of these former athletes coming together for the first time, putting their skills to the test. Down in Glendale, in Rugby Town, USA. What an amazing facility. You have to check that out. Even if you're not interested in the team, go there for the venue. It's amazing. You've got to check out Rugby Town, USA, in Glendale. But you know what? I, I think you will fall in love with the American Raptors because these are a group of guys who've competed at the highest level of their respective sports. We're talking about professionals in football, basketball, wrestling, soccer, track and field. You know, these athletes possess all the necessary skills to excel at the game of rugby. They're learning the game. You can learn with them. And the best thing about hitting up the American Raptors game, guess what? They are free. You don't even have to mention DNVR. You don't. It's just free. So head over to AmericanRaptors.com and grab your free tickets for the upcoming season. Guess what? If you can't make the game, AmericanRaptors.com will be streaming all of those games on their website for free. So check it out. Even better, make sure you check out the weekly DNVR Rugby Podcast hosted by our guy, Colton Strickler. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and thank me later. Finally, you know, I've I've loved every year going back and seeing box scores, seeing old names, looking through at the performances of some great Rocktober legends. And it's it's always just so much fun. Now, you're going to be listening to this on October 13th, but on October 12th, Ubaldo Jimenez had himself a day. And yeah, I, I didn't give you the year because he did it in 07. He did it in 09, right? In 07 against the Dynavacs in the NLCS. Five innings, one earned run, scattered five hits, four walks, struck out six. Game was finished off by Herges, Hawkins, Fuentes, scoreless uh, from 6th, 7th, and 8th. Unfortunately, Manny Corpus blew the save in the ninth. They go into extras, but the bottom of the order, Spielborg, pinch hit, he got a single. Brad Hop walked. Jamie Carroll comes on, does it again, pinch hit walk. Willie Tavares, RBI walk with the bases loaded against Jose Valverde, who's very good, if you don't recall, for the Diamondbacks. Ryan Spear comes on, one, two, three inning for the save. Rockies take it there, and Ryan Spear, yes, S-P-E-I-E-R. It's a name that, if, again, if you were there in 2007, you remember that. You might not have remembered or have even known that was the only save of his career. Not even in the regular season. It was a postseason save. Talk about coming on and getting it done when you needed to. Unfortunately, in 2009, on October 12th, in Game 4, Rockies were eliminated. Game at Coors Field, they were just a hair under 50,000. Ubaldo did it again, seven innings pitch, two earned runs against that lethal Phillies order. Rockies actually led 4-2 going into the ninth. Unfortunately, Houston Street couldn't get it done this time against the heart of the Phillies order. He was charged with all three runs. 
just one day after taking the loss in game three. And so we can see how bullpens, they don't, they don't win uh, World Series. They don't win postseason games all the time. But, man, they, they need to be better than not. They absolutely need to be better than not. And uh, there you can see, hey, good on one day, not so good on another day. That kind of ties in real nicely with the Boston-Tampa series. Boston ends up winning that in four. Um, you know, that was uh, difficult for me as a as – a, uh, a person who's never rooted for Boston in my entire life, a person who knows what, what they did to the Rockies in 2007. And so it's hard. It's hard to ever root or, or feel happy for the Red Sox, but they go ahead and, and they, they beat the, the Rays, the analytic-driven Rays. And for anyone who is celebrating the Rays losing this series, it's, it's a bit ridiculous. Again, partially because we're talking about the evil empire of Boston, but it's also because, you know, the Rays have found a way to be good, despite the fact that they don't have a lot of money, because they don't have a very nice venue, they don't have a nice stadium, and because of that, they don't have very many fans who come out to their games, because they don't play in Tampa, so they're called Tampa Bay, it describes the region, they play in St. Petersburg, so... They, they don't have the capital to go out and do that, so they've got to be creative. And also, too, you know, sure, the Rays are a bit nerd-centric, right? They're analytics-driven, and that's a good story that Boston, you know, beat them, that beat the nerds, if you will, but it's not entirely true because Boston is led by Heim Bloom, who is a former Rays vice president of baseball operations, right? You steal from the best. If you're trying to get some new people in your front office, you go around and you look to see who's been successful, you take those people. That's exactly what Boston did with Tampa Bay. That's exactly what the Dodgers did with Tampa Bay and Andrew Friedman, right? It's it's what Houston did after they moved on from Jeff Lunau and they went and hired James Click as their general manager. So you also have to think, what does this series look like if Tyler Glass now was still healthy for the Rays? Uh, that's that's the really one that that's somewhat of a gut punch. But Kike Hernandez, hats off to you. Uh, he does it again in October. He recorded a hit in seven straight postseason games. I think he had eight hits over the course of two games. Five of them were extra base hits, and, and then he had nine hits over the course of three games. It, it was something that had never been done in Red Sox history. So good on him for that. I think the series, of course, are gonna, is going to be remembered for that ball ricocheting off that short wall in right field and then bouncing off of Hunter Renfro to go into the, the stands and takes a run off the board for the Rays. The runner on first, of course, would have come around to score. As it were, hey, it's basically a ground rule double. Awful result. Umps got it right. They can change the rules somehow. I don't. You make it more of a judgment play at that point because it didn't even hit the guy's mitt. But you could change the rule, and guess what? You'll, you'll never see it again. So it's it's just one of those things. It's just one of those things, and to whine about it, you know, it's not a good look. It's not a good look to be whining in a situation like that. Also, let's do the little postmortem on the Chicago White Sox. They lose in four to the Houston Astros, who make it five consecutive American League Championship Series. It still doesn't put to rest what they did. It still doesn't put to, to rest how aggressive they were with sign stealing. And, you know, this controversy that's going to follow their organization. It's going to follow guys like, like Alex Cora, 
who now gets to manage against his his former club there in a rematch of the 2018 ALCS. Carlos Beltran is still dealing with those issues. We know how Jose Altuve deals with that. You know, he got hit by a pitch in game four, and people people were on their feet celebrating that, right? And it is what it is. That's that's the only thing I can kind of say to that. But they've got a lot of talent. They've developed their players really well. And, you know, Ryan Tapera kind of was throwing some accusations out there that he didn't want to throw out there, but he ended up doing it anyway in the process of not trying to say that, hey, look how well they did uh, on the road, not as well as they did when they were at home. Well, you know, Houston pretty much proved that wrong in Chicago in game four with the victory. Tony LaRusso, of course, going to be some questions uh, asked about you know, his managing. His, his players have come out after the game. A lot of support talking about how much they love playing for Tony, who uh, is legitimately a Hall of Famer, right? It's not that thing where you talk about, you know, Nolan Arenado, you know, Hall of Famer. Well, yeah, maybe he will be, and maybe he's even a lock at, at, at this point, or at least once he gets to his 10th season, but he's not literally a Hall of Famer. Tony La Russa, literally a Hall of Famer, came out of retirement to manage this team and did a good job, not a great job. I don't think he did a great job. I think the AL Central was a very weak division. Granted, I did think that Cleveland was going to take the wild card. I had the White Sox still winning it despite TLR, as he's affectionately known, Tony La Russa being in charge. But, you know, there's going to be some questions if, if his team should have been a little bit more disciplined, right? Having a disciplined approach at the plate, one that a veteran manager like La Russa should have been able to do. You know, he goes and he doesn't use Michael Kopech in that game two loss. Eventually comes in in game three, which they did win. They did need his help. Goes with Carlos Rodon uh, with, with an extra day's rest rather than the veteran Lance Lynn. He wasn't great in game one, Lance Lynn. Nevertheless, do you go with, you know, a horse like him or do you go with Rodon? Rodon didn't work. So there, there's going to be some questions to to answer. And, you know, I think it's it's fair to think about you know, if Rick Renteria was still in charge of this young team and just really letting them them feel themselves and, and sow their oats, as it were, you know, maybe they would have been able to get to 100 wins. They would have been able to win in the first round here. But as it were, Rays, White Sox are out. Brewers are also out. Uh, I'll, I'll get to that in tomorrow's podcast. I did just want to focus here on the American League clubs. We'll see if the Dodgers are out right now. They're up 5-1 here going into the bottom of the seventh inning. We'll see. But uh, postseason baseball is getting exciting. Rockies offseason. There's always something going on, so make sure that you like, share, and subscribe. Leave us a review. Go ahead in wherever you download the podcast. Take a look at the description as I'm going to try to make sure there's a link in there every day so that there's an article you can go to read, whether it's from DNVR or whether it's our friends like Kevin Henry over at Roxpile or our friends like Sam Bradfield over at Purple Row. It's all good, right? We we just want to give you the best Rockies coverage. We just want this community to come together. Uh, and let, let me know. Reach out. If you're, if you're a member, you know we've got our little private chats going on over on Discord. So make sure you, you are a member. Sign up at the dnvr.com. You get a bigger beer. When you're at the bar, you get all kinds of discounts. You get a free shirt when you're a new member and you sign up. 
And, you know, you just get to, to be a part of, of some of the best coverage in the game. And we're looking to make it better each and every day, each week, month, year, et cetera. So let us know. Reach out. Send me an email, patrick at the dnvr.com. Check me out at the bar. I'm, I'm down there a lot. I'll be at the tailgate this Sunday if you want to join in. So you guys have been fantastic. I appreciate you listening in for DNVR Sports. I'm Patrick Lyons. Thank you for listening to the DNVR Rockies podcast. Folks over at Green Mountain Dental Group deserve to take some credit for those smiling Colorado sports fans, especially our DNVR listeners who switched over to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years to make them their permanent family dentist. They're the best damn family-owned dentist in the metro area, and they're extreme Colorado sports fans, just like all of us. Allie and Lindsay, our sales director who you might know, they've had their wisdom teeth removed over the past year plus, and it was a tough recovery for them as it is for anyone but luckily, Green Mountain Dental Group was there for them. Checked on them every few days, made sure the medication was just right. And so that difficult experience was made a lot easier because of Green Mountain Dental Group. And they want to give you a free Sonic Care toothbrush. All you have to do is schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and you'll receive that free Sonic Care toothbrush. So remember, Green Mountain Dental Group, check them out. They're only 15 minutes from downtown Denver, but you know what? They're also a million miles better than the rest.